Hi, everybody. Hi, friends. Welcome to day, I think this is nine, of the Imperfection Sessions. Yay! Um, I hope that you all had a great weekend. Happy Monday. Whew, welcome to Monday. So um, we've been talking about a lot of things um, in the past week and a day. And I just thank you all for being here with me. Thank you guys for um, joining with me. And yeah, so today we're going to, um, yesterday we were talking about using art to connect with God. And so today I kind of want to talk about of being more childlike. So we've mentioned babies, we've mentioned children a lot um, in this series, in this session series. And I, I love looking back at children because there's a lot that we can learn from them. So again, there's some stuff going on outside, so you'll probably hear it, but we're going to keep on going. So try to remember when you were a child, right? You were full of wonder and energy and imagination. Like you were an astronaut, you were jumping off of you know, monkey bars and you were an athlete and you were running around the fields and, you know, you're just having a great time and you believed you could do anything. Like you believed anything was possible. Nobody could tell you anything, nothing was possible. Um, and, you know, you would go into a classroom, somebody can go into a classroom and survey the class. And um, you could say, who's a great artist? And all the hands will go up. Who's a great singer? All the hands will go up. Who's a great, you know, actor? All the hands will go up. Children believe the best in themselves until someone tells them to not believe it anymore. And I had this conversation recently with one of my friends, Jordan, shout out to Jordan. Um, we were talking about creating and how many, how much limitations, how many limitations we put on ourselves um, that we've learned from growing up, that we learned from adults, um, that we learned from trauma and how that can stop us from creating and being our authentic selves. And so I was talking to him about this on the podcast, on the Full World Project podcast. And, you know, we were saying that we weren't kids. There was no limit to anything that we could do. There was no restrictions. Like we didn't, we didn't think it was possible for us not to succeed, right? We would do things full force, full speed ahead. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like we would do things without even asking permission. Uh, and these things, we, we lose them as we start to grow up, you know? Like our imaginations ran wild. Um, and when people told us that we couldn't do something, we would ask, why? Why can't I do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if a child told you they want to be an astronaut and then a parent told them, you can't be an astronaut. And the kid would be like, why not? Why can't, I be an, why can't I be an astronaut? The world and the possibilities seem endless. Like it seemed, it's didn't, it never felt too far out of reach, no matter how small we were. And um, we were confident in our capabilities and, our, and, our possibi and the possibilities, right? If somebody said, I'm a great singer. They would get on stage and they would sing their little heart out, you know, and it would be amazing. And they would think it's the best thing. Like when I was younger, I used to perform for my parents. <laughs> and it's funny looking back because I feel like, um, you know, as when people are children, like you want to esteem them like, yes, that was amazing. That was wonderful. And I would do these little, these little mini shows and these little songs that I would sing to them. And they'd be like, yay. And like, literally that has stuck with me, like for my whole life. Um, I'll say yay to everything. And so, and I'm not saying it in a way to, as they were, honestly, like, I do think they were proud of me for sure. But I also feel like it's like that, you know, um, obligation as a parent to affirm and esteem your children. And so it's like, yay, like <laughs> when, like, what does that meme? It says like, kids will waste your time and be like, watch me do a backflip. And it's the same backflip they've done um, for like 30 minutes. And they want you to see it every single time. And they want your praise and they want your accolade. They want your affirmation. And as kids, you know, if we don't get those things, 
then we start to, it starts to wear in our self-esteem. If nobody's cheering us on, if nobody's, you know, clapping for us or telling us that was amazing, good try, that was great. Um, then we start to lose our self-esteem. And the thing is, when we're younger, again, like say like kindergarten, kids want to be everything. They want to do everything. They see that they can do everything. And their parents told them, you can do anything. You know, your teachers tell you, you could be whatever you want to be. And that gives kids the freedom to dream big, to dream authentically and honestly. And, it, and that takes vulnerability, right? To say, um, this is what I want to do. And children, to me, I like to use them as an example because they're the most vulnerable things. They're the most honest things. They're the most uh, um, un, unedited people on earth. They'll tell you things, even when it's inappropriate, even when you don't want to hear it, you know? Like they'll tell you when they're sad. They'll tell you when they're angry. You'll see it in the outbursts. And while I feel like with maturity comes tailoring back on some of those explosions, I feel like we, in a sense, lose connection with our child self, right? And so that becomes detrimental to our well-being. You know, the further you go up in grades from kindergarten on, the less likely someone's, someone's likely to raise their hand, the less likely they are to raise their hand, right? Who's a great singer? They start looking around, you know, like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm kind of a good singer, you know, I, I like singing, um, and that's another thing when your kids like the bar for what is good is so low, right? If you if you enjoy it, you're automatically good at it. I'm a great artist, you know, and you finger paint and you have a great time with it. Little kids give themselves permission to be amazing at what they do. And so as we start to go through the grades, you see in the classes, like less and less people raise their hand. They start they start basing their worth and their value on what other people think of them. And I think we honestly do that because we're social creatures, right? We want to know what people are thinking about us. We want to be accepted. And we talked about before, like it's normal. Um, it's definitely normal to want to be, want to be accepted by our peers. You know, it makes sense. Like we talked about death and how we're, how the ultimate fear is of death, death of relationship, death of respect, death of, you know, what somebody thinks of you, death of that idea of who you are. And so we, as we get older to protect ourselves from that pain of being cut off or being ridiculed or judged we keep those dreams and our wants to ourselves. You know, it could be a parent, you showed, you know, you showed your parents something and they didn't look, you know, and so that sits with you as a kid. Like you remember that it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not that good at backflips, you know? Or, you know, you read a, you read a poem in front of class and um, you read a poem in front of class and like your teacher is like, oh, that was okay, you know, but you could do better on this, this, and this. And while her, her criticism could have been intended to be constructive, you took it as, um, someone's saying that you're not good enough, that you're not a good poet, you know, that you should just stop. Um, and that's like the dangerous, the dangerous parts in our lives, right? Because they shape what we allow ourselves to do. So yeah, so we look around the classroom more often, we say, you know, I don't know if I'm a good, a good artist, actually, I'm not sure, like my drawings don't look like Joe's, my drawings don't look like, you know, Sammy, whoever, like whoever's in your class, you know, I don't sing like Jessica, I don't, you know, I don't dress like this person. Am I fashionable? Am I pretty? I don't look like this person who, you know, is pretty because this, these are the features that they say are pretty. Once we like, we're less at, less risk averse, the older we get. And so the less likely we are to really label ourselves as artists, as writers, as singers, as actors, um, because of the expectation that comes with claiming those titles. And that's the thing, like claiming those titles it takes bravery to be like, I'm an artist. And that's one of the reasons why in my title, it says Alicia Renice, the artist, because like, I like Alicia, you are an artist. Like 
stop downplaying yourself. Stop not giving yourself permission um, to be an artist, to do the thing that you like to do. You're an artist because you like to make, period. You don't have to be good at it to be to label yourself an artist. You don't have to be at someone's uh, level to be labeled as an artist. You don't even have to judge your art based on other people's art because that's counterproductive anyway because art is not, to, to in my opinion, like art is not... Uh, it's not easy to define whether art is good or not. It's like, does it move you? Is it honest? Is it authentic? Then it's good to me. Like that, that's just how I feel about art. Um, and so there was, there was a time when I was younger and um, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to be on the big screen. I wanted to be on TV. And I told my uncle, my uncle Brian, I told him, I said, I want to be an actress. <laughs> and, um, and he jokingly, and he jokes all the time. He jokingly said, okay, well act right now. And like, you know, he's playing with me, but in the moment I was like, I can't, I can't act right now, right? Like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't have no script. I don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just trying to be honest with you. And All right. I don't know what happened, but we're back. Okay. So where was I? What was I even talking about? Um, so yes, I told my uncle, I told my uncle that um, I wanted to be a singer. And when I told him that I wanted to, I mean, sorry, an actress, I told my uncle I wanted to be an actress and he was like, act right now. And I'm like, again, I don't have a script. I don't know what you want me to do. And like, he made fun of me and was like, well, you want to be an actress, but you're not acting. And so in that moment, even though I know he was just joking with me, even though I know um, he was just playing, I still took that personally. And I really, and I really believe like, okay, Alicia, you don't have the, um, the bravery. You don't have like the cojones, I don't know what word, like you don't have it to be an actress. So maybe you should just not pursue acting at all. And we all have those moments in our lives where little things like that stick with us. Like I remember that moment. I remember being put on the spot. I remember feeling stupid in my dream, feeling dumb. And I know my uncle Brian loves me. Like, and I, I know he was just playing, but in that moment, it felt like, it felt like I wasn't good enough. I didn't have the things to be good enough to do that thing. You know what I mean? And so, um, so we wonder, we start to wonder, like, is it really possible to reach this dream? Is it really a viable, you know, option for ourselves? Like, can we really do what we dream of? Is, is, our, is our dreams that we dreamed back in the day, are they childlike or is it really possible, right? And so, um, again, our imaginations ran wild as a child, but I feel like we all had a moment where someone was like, nah, <laughs> you know, whether it be friends, family, um, you know, your peers, this is the thing, like people, people criticizing your dreams and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be like blatant and be like, oh, you suck. You're the worst. Like it could be little side things, right? It could be something someone says in jest. It could be something like your parent rejects you um, or rejects this idea of you chasing a dream. It could be, you know, you looking at the outlook of, you know, the possibility of you being hired in the future and you're like, oh, well, I can't act because I'm not going to have no money to pay bills. You know, we, we create these prisons, even though um, we, we think they're safe, but we create these prisons to live in. And our childhood self is like, I want to play. Like, I want to have fun. Um, so, yeah. So what happened? Like, what happens when we get older? Like, what happens to that childlike wonder and excitement and belief? Like, that just seems to, like, disappear overnight. The thing is, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens it happens um, gradually. Like I said, it could be something that somebody says and it sticks with you and you're like, mm. because the thing is rejection hurts, uh, criticism hurts, being ostracized hurts, being different 
um, for a lot of people is like, oh, I don't want to hang with you. And let's be real. Kids are mean. Like kids are cruel. Kids, kids can be so mean. Um, I know when I was younger, I experienced bullying and uh, yeah, it was not a fun time. Um, And so you want to do what you can do to avoid being put out there, to avoid being um, ostracized and hurt and all this other stuff. So you're going to do what you can to like, to not, to not be different, to not be um, outside of this idea of what is acceptable. So once that idea of what is acceptable has been formed, you try your hardest to fit into that thing. Just like this idea of like the in crowd versus the out crowd, right? What does it mean to be in the in crowd? It means that you look like this, you dress like this, you, 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 you assimilate, you, um, you join the majority, right? And so anything different, anything outside of that, kids don't know how to process different. And the truth is they probably have been taught what is normal. They have been normal. They have been taught what is acceptable. They have been playing this game of being acceptable and being like um, being um, easily digestible and it's been beneficial for them. And I get it because survival, but when we start to try to fit ourselves into these boxes that, that don't necessarily fit us, that's when we start to lose a part of ourselves. And so a lot of people feel like to get back to their true selves, they have to put on more or they have to do more. I really feel like it's taking off things, right? Um, it's taking off this idea of what is good enough, this idea of what's acceptable, this idea of, you know, what is what is successful, you know, changing all that, changing the definition and uh, changing the idea of what all that is, is important if we're going to get back to our childhood selves. So the older we get, the more trained we are to care about what other people think. Like I said, survival, but also like you want to please your parents, you want to please your family. There are people who I spoke to a couple, we spoke to a couple a few days ago um, and her mom wanted her to go like the doctor route. And she was like, nah, I don't want to, you know, I want to be a doctor. And you know, our parents are well-wishing. They want us to be successful. They want us to see um, this bright future that they have planned for themselves. You know what I plan for us themselves. Um, and I get it. And so because we want to be accepted, we want to be loved. Um, we want to be taken care of. We want to be spoken well of. Um, we tend to put on these things that don't necessarily fit us for the sake of pleasing other people. So, like I said, kids can be cruel. Um, but when you're in school like this, we've been trained to get approval, the honor roll. We got to get on the honor roll, like, so I can get pizza. You know what I mean? Or we got to read these books during the summer so, you know, we can get pizza. These checking off this list, like, and it's, it's teaching us to check off these boxes in our own minds, in our own lives, right? Like this definition of what success is changes based on, um, based on the rewards that we receive. We see the people, sorry, we see the people who put, um, whose work is put on in front of the class on the board because this is like amazing work. And we look at our work and it's like, dang, our work is subpar. So we're trained to think um, that seeking people's approval is the way to go. That's the only way to success, right? And it's wrong. Like, that's not the only way to success. While I do, you know, think we should, you know, try to get good grades and try to learn, um, I, I find it detrimental to a lot of kids' self-esteem, especially if they don't learn the way that they're teaching, especially if they don't um, fully understand uh, why we're doing this, right? They don't, they, kids, kids don't know that, okay, this grade is not who I am. It's like, no, our, for 12 plus years, we're taught that this grade is who I am. And so I feel like that aids in this, in this want to, um, this want to, I guess, be acceptable, you know, like this constantly chasing affirmation and approval. 
so yeah, so we see the honor roll, we see the social, we're social creatures, so we want to, we want to belong, we want to join, we want to see our paper on the, on the um, board to be like, good job, Alicia, you did, you did wonderful on this paper. Um, and also, like I said, kids can be cruel, like we can have a bad response to our dreams, like we can be singing our little heart out, I remember in, in elementary school, me and my friends put together a singing group, and we'd be on the, like the dirt, you know, ground and we'd be performing we we're trying to be like the next destiny's child like that was that was it for us and a lot of people thought that what we were doing was silly like a lot of people were like what are y'all doing like y'all are never going to be destiny's child you know and and even though what they're saying is true we will never be destiny's child because there's already a destiny's child it doesn't mean that my dream um to sing or our dreams to be at that point anyway because these people have gone on to be amazing people like doctors and you know professionals um but for me and I don't know if that dream is still there for them that they still want to be a singer but that dream for me is still there and it would have been it would have been beneficial if someone said it's okay if you're not Destiny's Child you can just be yourself and be you know a great artist um yeah so we and we also only dream as far as we can see right so when we're young we're like I want to be an astronaut I want to be you know I don't know I want to be a singer. I want to be a writer. Um, if you don't have any people in your immediate circle that are writers or parents who are writers or friends, parents who are writers or astronauts and all this, you, you begin to, you begin to only dream as big as what you see. And that makes sense. Like if you've never seen mountains, you wouldn't know they existed. Right. So if you'd never knew that, sh that someone could be a professional writer, you would never aspire to that. Right. Because you're constantly hearing, Oh, writers don't make money. Artists don't make money. You're going to be a starving artist. Like, you know, and not even understanding the history of artists and how they had um, patrons and people to pay for their art and how people actually earn a living as an artist. If no one's teaching you this stuff, then you're going to believe that it's impossible to be a full-time artist. And that's with anything. So it's not just about artists. It's about whether you want to be a doctor, whether you want to be a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Like you only dream as far as you can see. Um, yeah. So even if adults and even adults tell you that it's impossible, like you see them, they're like, nah, just, you know, and it's no... No disrespect to anybody out there who's working a nine to five because do what you got to do, right? Like I would be doing what I have to do too um, if it wasn't for, you know, COVID right now. So, you know, people, people suffer through jobs for years that they don't really enjoy. And we think that our lives have to look like that too. We think like, oh God, I got to suffer the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like just to enjoy like retirement, maybe if that even exists for our generation, right? Like this idea of suffering and not being able to enjoy what you do has been drilled in our heads from like a young person. It's like, okay, so, so that's not going to work out. <laughs> that's not going to work out. So you want to be an artist? Okay, no, that's not going to work out. What are you going to do instead? What are you going to do instead? And it's unfortunate that we start to believe these things. Um, so anyway, so we create this false sense of security. We think that, oh yeah, like I'm going to graduate, get a good government job and work and then retire, right? But we know that the job market is not, is not secure in the least. Um, there's shutdowns, there, there is a pandemic happening where people lose their jobs, lose their sense of security, um, lose their retirement, lose their 401ks, all this stuff that we put so much stock into and so much belief in safety and security, we're starting to realize that's not even a thing. That's not even true. Um, and so is it, is it, is it um, risky to dream? That's a real question I've been trying to like wrestle with myself. Is this really the more risky situation than getting a nine to five and possibly losing my job? I mean, technically right, right off the bat, if I get hired every two weeks or however often you get paid, you get a paycheck. But what else are you risking by doing that? You're risking losing your dream. You're risking, you're risking um, losing uh, whatever security you have 
um, by going for this dream? And why can't my chasing, chasing my dream be as viable as, you know, signing up to get a 90, nine to five? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're taught to believe these things. Um, and people tell us that we're childish to dream. They say, get a real job. You know what I'm saying? They say, grow up. They say, get real. They say, what about your safety at your job, right? And we believe these things like, okay, so being an artist isn't a real job. Being a writer isn't a real job. Being an actor, producer. Meanwhile, these people with these real jobs are consuming art all the time. They're always listening to music. They're always watching TV. So why isn't that considered a real job, right? Like that's work. That's, and, and that's, it's, Creative work, a lot of times, is not like, yes, there are some things that go on behind the scenes, but it's a work of the heart. It's a work of the soul. Like, that takes everything out of you, right? So why can't we respect art jobs? Why is it always looked down on? And it's because people believe that to be an artist, you're suffering, or you have to suffer, you have to struggle, or like, you know, oh, people even make a joke, oh, they're an artist, like, LOL. Like, why is that an LOL? I don't understand. Like, are you trying to be shady? I don't get it. Like, no, they're an artist, period. You know, that's what they do professionally. Like, that should be good enough. Um, so we should become more childlike is my whole point. Children don't ask for permission. They don't ask for permission. They ask for forgiveness. Um, or they find out that they have to ask for forgiveness, right? We teach them what they should ask for forgiveness for. We teach them to ask for permission. Kids will get a crayon in their hand and mark up your whole wall. And that whole wall will be their canvas, right? They're little artists, like they're little, they're, they're, they're so creative and like, it's like, why can't I draw on the wall? You know what I mean? They don't ask for permission, they just do. And we shape their minds to be afraid, to um, be afraid to take that first step um, and make them ask for forgiveness. I mean, in fair, all fairness, if someone was marking up the wall, yes, like. I can understand. I can understand why parents get mad at that. But from those little things, we teach them like, no, like you don't do this, you know? And so we make them afraid of the reaction that they're going to get from trying something new. Um, children follow their curiosities um, almost to their detriment. We have to tell them like, no, don't touch it. That's hot. If you touch it, it'll, you'll burn yourself. And a lot of times babies are hard headed because they are curious. They want to touch things. They want to put things in their mouths. And so if we tell them that lemon is sour, they're not going to like it. They're still going to put it in their mouth because they're curious and they're going to learn, oh snap, this lemon is sour. I don't really like this, you know, or, or I do like this, you know, or um, don't touch the handle. When I was younger, my first memory, my first memory um, is me grabbing my mom's hot, hot, hot iron for her hair. And she told me not to touch it. But in my, I, in my mind, I look back on that, and I remember reaching up and grabbing the barrel and immediately like, oh my gosh, she was right. Like, this is what hot is. This is what burning yourself feels like. You know what I mean? And of course there was that shame because I didn't want to tell her that I hurt myself, but she could clearly see that I was upset about something. And eventually I did tell her and just start crying. Um, and you know, like she loved me, she cared for me, you know what I'm saying? But if there was, but if there was a, um, if, if her reaction was more critical, if it was more, uh, uh, detrimental, it would have broken me. Right. I would be afraid to try so many things because I mean, granted, no, yes, I should listen. I shouldn't have put my hand on the barrel, but that's not the point. It's just, it's just that we create, um, we create the children's reality. And so, um, yeah, babies are curious and we should be more childlike in that way. We should follow our curiosities, you know, safely. Um, they aren't afraid of failing. We talked about the other day how babies fall all the time when they're walking. They're so awkward. Like they don't know what they're doing. They crawl backwards. You know what I'm saying? And, and you would think like, oh, this baby's going to keep falling. They're going to hate walking. They're not going to walk anymore. No, they get up over and over and over again. And they keep failing. They keep failing because they keep trying. They don't know to be embarrassed. 
like to fall until we make them embarrassed. They don't know to be afraid of falling until we make them afraid. Like sometimes, yes, babies do scare themselves by falling. But I talked about how when babies fall sometimes, I don't look because if I don't, you know, if I don't support this, I, I don't make eye contact because if I don't support this idea that um, falling is something to be afraid of or you're going to hurt yourself, then babies are usually fine. They look back and they get right back up and they try again. You know what I'm saying? Like they're resilient and we need to keep that resilience. We need to learn that resilience for ourselves. Um, so yeah, babies don't know to be embarrassed or ashamed. Babies will run around here naked. They don't, they don't know. Like they have no idea, you know? And, um, while there is a good reason why we put diapers on them, right. You know, uh, it's still, it's still amazing to me that they don't know shame. They don't know. And some of us, some, some of us carry so much shame in our lives, so much shame, um, that we don't do anything that we're afraid to live. Right. And that is, that is the, um, that is a sad part. That is detrimental. Like that is, that is, dev- that is um, heartbreaking. It is unfortunate. You know what I mean? That's a tragedy um, that we carry so much shame and babies have no shame. Children have no shame until we teach them. They're afraid to tell us things because they're afraid of getting in trouble. They're afraid of judgment. They're afraid to, you know what I'm saying? Like live their lives because of us. Cause we teach them to be ashamed. Um, they ask hard and powerful questions. Like I said earlier, why not me? Why can't I do this? Why, why is it impossible for me to do this? Um, they don't judge. Children, like when they're younger, until someone teaches them that they are better than somebody or less than somebody or that they're different, they don't judge. They don't know the difference. Like they'll notice like, hey, you know, you look different than me. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, but they're not judging it. And um, they're not judging their painting compared to someone else's painting until we show them, hey, Jessica's painting got up on the wall. Why wasn't mine good enough to get up on the wall? Or my sibling's painting is on the fridge. Why wasn't mine on the fridge? Is it not good enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is my fridge not good enough? Um, we, we, teach, we teach our children, we teach kids um, to compete, to compete. And so you see it in our lives. Like every day, like we're taught to compete. We're taught to compete for good grades, for a raise, for promotion. Um, for space, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this lie that we're taught that there can only be one kind of person in this space. Like if they're doing it, you can't do it anymore. You gotta find something else. We're taught at a young age to compete and to fight for everything that we have. Um, they're constantly affirmed by their parent or teacher. This is something we can learn to do for ourselves. When a kid is, is you know, a baby and they're drawing things with their fingers and they're like, look, mom or dad or whoever, or cousin, auntie, whoever, look at this. We're like, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. That is amazing. Like we, we hype them up and, they, and you can see the joy on their face. Like, oh my God, I just said something amazing. And as we get older, the less we hear that, we realize, oh, maybe I'm not amazing. Maybe I've been lied to. Like that's a lie we just tell kids, right? But we would never tell our children, our little baby children, oh, that's not good enough. Do that again, two-year-old son, like on your finger paint. No, that's ridiculous. But we do that to ourselves. We don't have that same grace that we have with kids with ourselves. Um, yeah, like, and, and while we can't control how people see our art, how people respect our art, respect us, respect our things, how they react to our things, we can control how we treat ourselves. So if you are finger painting, shout out to you. That's amazing, right? Like that's, that's awesome. If you are trying, we talked about trying. Like if you're taking the first couple of steps, you're winning, you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that stuff counts and that stuff important. How you, is important. How you speak to yourself matters. How you deal with yourself matters. Like that stuff is really, really important. Um, yeah, like 
we have to encourage ourselves. Sadly, like some people will never hear from their parents. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so, and, and it's sad. It's heartbreaking, but we have to do what we can with how we speak to ourselves, right? We have to unlearn all these critical things people have said to us and we've repeated and echoed in our heads because naturally we would not be down on ourselves like that. Naturally, we'd probably be really prideful, right? We probably like, I'm the bee's knees. There's nothing I can, can't do. And while you shouldn't be too prideful, right? You should still have pride in what you do. You should still take pride in what you do and celebrate yourself. Um, Let's see. So they play. They play. Children play. Anything is possible with their imaginations. One minute they're slaying dragons. The next, like I said, they're, they're professional athletes on the monkey bars. Um, they're creating all these scenarios. They're having a great time. And I feel like we need to get back to playing more, back to having more fun, back to, you know, removing that judgment from ourselves. Um, yeah. So, so I have a notebook. Again, I talk about notebooks all the time. I love notebooks. Um, I talked about notebook last time. This notebook, I write down all of my dreams. So this is how I'm starting, like, to play. So I'm writing down all these ideas, all these dreams that I have, and I'm giving myself permission to dream them, right? It doesn't mean that I have to do them necessarily, but I'm giving myself to flesh out the ideas instead of always stifling down, like, no, that's not, no, no. Like, that's, that's we can't do that. No, like, I'm going to write down stuff and say, yes, I can. I can do this. This is possible. Like, um, and, I am, and I'm giving myself permission to dream big, not dream as big as I can do or I think I can do or dream um, in a way that's comfortable. Like, no, I'm dreaming um, and being totally 100% honest with myself. This is what I really want. This is what I'm afraid to say that I want. This is what I'm afraid to say that I dream of. This is what I'm afraid to share with my friends. This is what I'm afraid to share with my, with my spouse or you know my family. And you can write down your own dreams, you know, like to the to the 10th, like, what is that big dream of yours, right? And then later on, you can figure out how to do it on a smaller scale, or maybe you just needed to get it out and be like, that was a great idea. And that's okay, too. So um, give yourself permission to dream. Give yourself permission to be a child. Just like we give our children permission to go out and go run around and play and just act a fool and make a mess. Um, we need to give ourselves that same permission because I really believe nothing changes about us except that we get older and we get conditioned, right? So I, I do believe that there's a benefit to maturing, but there's also a detriment like to our creativity and our fun because we believe that an adult has to look like this. An adult has to, has to um, walk around like this or parade around like this. It's like, no, like, no, 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 no. You are you. You were you when you were a child. That's the thing. Like people will say, like, I got to find myself. Think back to when you were a child. What did you like? What did you enjoy? What were you afraid to share? Like, what were you afraid to share with people that you would do in your room? You know what I'm saying? Were you writing books? Were you um, playing with action figures and like um, trying to like act out stories? I was. I was always a writer. I was always a storyteller. I was always singing. You know what I'm saying? And so we we we'd be like, oh, what, what do I do? I don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You just been taught that what you want to do isn't, you aren't capable of doing, or it's not a viable option for you. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Who you are is who you were when you were a kid. That's who you are. You're just more mature. You're more mature. You're an adult now. Like those same interests, a lot of people like, yes, your interests sometimes change, but sometimes we also fool ourselves and be like, no, I, I've changed my mind. Have you changed your mind or are you trying to be more acceptable by, to other people? You know what I'm saying? Are you trying to be more safe? And for me, I had to go back and be like, 
Alicia, you always wanted to tell stories. So that's why I have a podcast. That's why I write. That's why, um, that's why I take pictures to tell a story, right? I've always been, and even before then, taking pictures of my family. I love looking back on those photos I took. I love remembering those moments. I always loved singing. Before I could write, I was singing. You know what I'm saying? I was having a great time. My dad had a, like a Casio um, keyboard and I would like make up songs. You know, like I always did this. And it wasn't until I gave myself permission to dream that I was like, okay, this is who I am. Let me stop trying to force myself into these boxes that are, you know, easily digestible, like to other people. You know what I'm saying? Let me be who God made me to be. Um, so where to begin? Begin, like I said, in your childhood. That's who you truly are. What did you imagine when you were younger? What did you dream of being? What did you enjoy doing? What did you like seeing in other people? Like, why did that teacher stick out to you? What did you like about her? Um, unlearning the limitations take work, but it's necessary. And that's what I'm trying to do. Like, and the only way to unlearn those limitations is to give yourself permission to try. And like we talked about before, and then give yourself permission to dream. Like I said, in my notebook, I'm free to be all of me. No one else reads this. Like, no, it's just, this is just me in this notebook. And I write down what I really, really, really want, not what I want to share because I'm afraid of somebody shutting it down or saying it's not good enough or it's never going to happen. Um, begin with being honest and with being brave with yourself. Like I said, with this notebook, that's what I'm doing and protect yourself. You know, if just like children, if I ever have a child and they want to sing, I don't know that I would want them to do singing competitions. I don't know. I, honestly, because I don't want them to learn that their voice is something to compete against somebody else's. I don't want them to learn that, you know, someone can dictate how important their gift or their skill or their art is. I don't want them to think better themselves better than anybody else. I don't want them to think any less of themselves. Right. Um, and so in that same way, maybe you don't need to share your dream with other people yet. Maybe you need to share, like I said, have a group of people that you trust, that you can um, be honest with, that you can be vulnerable with and share your dreams with them. You know, first share it with yourself, give yourself time, like write out the real stuff that you want to do. What do you really want your life to look like? Is it what you're doing now? You know what I'm saying? Like we go through the motions. We, we do what we can to survive. We do what we can to um, be accepted, but are we happy? And I don't even mean happy as in like this fleeting feeling. I mean, like, are we full of joy? Are we at peace? Are we content? Um, is there something that's bugging us like constantly that we're just ignoring because we don't think it's possible? Maybe we should explore those things, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to unlearn those things because again, that's the only way to unlearn them is to, to do them. Um, and so some of that is doing stuff like this, like showing up here, but some of that is also just keeping stuff to myself until I can really process what I really want to do because like a plant, right? If you, if you're growing something and it's too weak, you don't want to hang things on the plant because it's going to break, it's going to die, right? It's going to be injured. And um, just like how we talked about, if you're trying to run a marathon, you need training, you need practice. And if you don't get that practice in, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. Give yourself the practice, give yourself the time, do little small things. If you're interested in being a painter, take a watercolor class, you know, play with some watercolors or get some acrylics or play with the paint to see what, what you actually enjoy. Like, do I like watercolor? Do I like acrylic? Do I like I don't know, something else, you know what I mean? Like do the fun stuff for yourself first and then move forward. Um, so yeah, so I mean, the idea today is just to be more childlike, be more, be a child, be a child. Um, sorry about the video going out earlier. We're back though. Um, but yes, like how can you be more childlike? What is your childhood dream? Tell me, let me know. Like, again, like I said, 
I didn't want to be an actress. Do I think I can still do it? Maybe if I put the practice in, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I think what, what called to me more was writing, um, telling stories, um, sharing other people's stories. I had this tape and I, I want to find it so that I interviewed my great grandmother and I interviewed her about like her life and growing up and stuff. And I have always been interested in other people's stories. That has always been a thing for me. Um, and I'm seeing it now, even on the podcast, talking to people, I'm really interested. Like, what is your story? Tell me everything. Tell me everything there is to know about you. Right. Um, that stuff has not changed. You know, again, when we go to college, if you have gone to college or even high school, they make you focus on one thing and you might be multi like passionate. You might have things that you want to explore. And then we're forced by 16, 15, maybe to decide what we want to do with the rest of our lives. And most of that is dictated by what we see, what people say we're capable of. And, you know, uh, the access to resources that we have. And it's unfortunate. Um, but I just want you to think like a child, you know, just take like the small steps. I'm not saying leave your job. <laughs> I'm not saying, um, you know, like forsake everything, all responsibilities, because you do have responsibilities. But really be as kind to yourself as you would your own child. When your child would come to you and tell you, hey, I want to be a singer. What would you do to cultivate that in them? What would you do to engage with them? You wouldn't shut them down. And, good, you know, parents who care would not shut the child down and be like, no, that's trash. You're not, you're a horrible singer. No, like we talk to ourselves like that all the time. And so I'm just saying, have more grace with yourself, have more empathy, like, and imagine yourself as a child. Imagine those, those dreams that pop up, those ideas as a child, and give them room and space to have fun and to play, whether it's writing it on a notebook or calling a friend um, and sharing that idea with them. Um, so I'm grateful for my group of people that I can share with. Um, and you should, you sh I hope that you have one of your own um, and practice those little, those little moments of courage. And like I said, it'll build your courage muscle and you'll be adding momentum to what you want to do. So thank you so much for watching. Thanks so much for coming back. Um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful Monday. And until tomorrow, I will talk to you guys later.